Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, and founder of CandidateClub.com. Joining us today is Heather Hansen. Heather is a self-advocacy expert, founder of Advocate to Win, an award-winning trial attorney, counselor, mediator, and TV host. You might have seen Heather on NBC, Fox News Channel, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, and Sirius Radio, and as an anchor at the Law and Crime Network. Heather has given speeches on how to advocate for yourself and your ideas in Kuwait, Ireland, Mexico, and throughout the United States. Heather is the author of The Elegant Warrior and her fantastic new book, Advocate to Win. Here to share her expertise and insight on how we can advocate for ourselves in our careers is Heather Hansen. Heather, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Job Interview Experience. Matthew, I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. Thank you, Heather. I'd like for our audience to get to know you a little more than just the brief overview that I shared. Can you tell us outside of work, how do you like to spend your free time? Right now, I feel like I'm spending all my free time moving. I have moved a lot over the past few years, given COVID and life things. I My legal practice was in Philadelphia. Then I moved to Manhattan, where I spent a lot of my free time going to Broadway shows and restaurants and really experiencing the city. When COVID, a while after COVID hit, I moved to Durham, North Carolina to have a little bit slower pace. And now I'm moving back to Philly. So lots of free time spent packing. Um, the most enjoyable part of my free time, though, is with my new puppy who I got in October. He is just about 10 months and he makes my life very full. What uh, breed of puppy? He's a King Charles Cavalier. Oh, fantastic. That sounds like you have your hands full. Yeah, it feels that way, but full of love, right? It's good stuff. Well, Heather, um, kind of going back to maybe the beginning of your career, what was your motivation to pursue psychology and then law? And just can you give us kind of an overview of your exciting career? 
Yeah, I think psychology is something that I was always interested in. I I was one of those kids who read self-help books from the time that I was reading, and I'm a voracious reader. Um, And I lost a lot of weight when I was in college. I lost about 100 pounds, and I think that the psychology of that intrigued me as well. So I majored in psychology, sort of thinking I was going to be a psychologist. And then um, I also loved theater and speaking in front of groups and realized that law, specifically trial law, was a great way to combine understanding psychology and my love of presentation and speaking to groups. So I went straight from undergrad to law school and was fortunate enough in law school to start working at the firm where I remain. Um, And that firm, we defend doctors in medical malpractice cases. And I just felt like there couldn't be a more interesting area of the law because everyone's a patient. You know, I have a knee, you have a knee. And so a knee replacement case becomes very personal when you start to read about these things and learn about the surgeries. And I loved that career very much until I didn't, which is when I made the shift into what I'm doing now. When it comes to self-advocacy and kind of looking at those around you and throughout your career, do you see people have one big moment of realization or is it typically kind of a slow buildup of confidence to get there? You know, it's a great question. I know for me, it was a big moment. For 20 years, I had been advocating for my clients in the courtroom really well, exceptionally well. I was fortunate that I was, you know, consistently winning and and named a best attorney in Pennsylvania and all those types of things. However, I was not good at advocating for myself. I was not good at asking for what I want in a way that would make sure that I would get it. And I had one moment in the car where I, I describe it in the book, I sort of had a breakdown and realized that... I wasn't asking for any of the things that I wanted. And so for me, it was one moment, but I do think it takes time. You know, I always say you can't prove it until you believe it. And it takes time to believe in yourself and what you want and what you need and all of the things that you're asking for to yourself first, before you really can become the advocate you're meant to be. I'm so glad that we're talking about this and sharing it with the audience, because I think for a lot of people, when it comes to this topic, it's almost like people need to be reminded that this is an option. And, uh, you know, whether it be in a career or in just day-to-day life, for a lot of us, if, if we don't look after our best interests and, and advocate for ourselves, you know, who else is going to do that for us? So I, I'm so glad we're talking about this and we can dig into this a little bit. What should job seekers and listeners to the job interview experience know about self-advocacy and how does one apply it to their job search interviews, job offers, and the career in general? Yeah, the point that you just made is perfect. And it so applies to this audience. And that's no one can do it better than you can. You know, no one knows when you're looking for a job, no one knows your negotiables and your non-negotiables. No one knows your talents and how they might apply to this particular job. No one knows how resilient you are, your experience, your transferable experience. And so often we want to outsource it. You know, in the courtroom, I represented doctors when their patients sued them and they'd often turn to me and say, I just wish you could do it for me when it came time for them to testify. But the jury didn't want to hear from me. They wanted to hear from the person who had touched the patient. And your jury is the person who may hire you. And they want to hear from you. So to think that maybe, oh, maybe I should hire a headhunter. And all of those people have their roles, of course. But ultimately, you are the one who will persuade and influence the hiring entity person to hire you with your advocacy skills. Can you share a little bit about your own journey and maybe some specific situations where you had that moment of realization of um, 
what needed to be done for yourself to get you to where you are today? Yeah. So I was fortunate in my legal career that I started working at my firm when I was in school and so sort of never had to do go through the inter- interview process. However, when I realized less than five years ago that I wanted to do something different, it was I was sitting in I was lucky enough to have started doing some television appearances, legal analysis for, as you mentioned, some of the various channels. And I loved it. And I wanted to do more of it. But in order to do more of it, I was going to have to cut back on my trials. And I wanted that desperately. I wanted more help from my partners. I wanted to step back a little bit, but I hadn't asked for that opportunity. I wanted to write a book, but in order to do that, I would have to step back and I'd have to reach out to potential publishers. I hadn't done any of that. And so I started to, and the work begins you know, let me back up a minute. We all have our juries, right? Your jury is anyone that you want to influence and persuade. And a jury's job is to choose between stories. So if we're talking about the hiring person, the hiring manager, they're choosing between your story and what a great fit you'd be for the company and another candidate's story and what a great fit they would be for the company. And your job is to persuade that jury. But it always starts with your inner jury. And when I say that, Matthew, people think I'm talking about the critical part of them, the Mm. judgy part of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. I'm talking about the part of you that listens and chooses. Sure, you have that critical voice in your head, but you also have, hopefully, a positive voice in your head that says, yes, you could get this job. Yes, you are qualified for this thing. And for me in the car that day, it was, yes, you could write a book. Yes, you could do more television. Yes, you could ask for what you wanted. And my inner jury had to choose to believe that in order for me to start working on my outer jury, which was my partner's publishers, people at TV stations, Um, my boyfriend at the time, I wanted a little bit different situation there as well. And none of that would happen until I had persuaded my inner jury to choose that it was possible. And then I went to work persuading all of those outer juries. What inspired you to take these experiences and put that together to write Advocate to Win? I, you know, I always say that my superpower in the courtroom is not being a strong advocate. I I believe I am. But my superpower is teaching my clients to advocate for themselves. So I would give these tools and the tool, there's 10 tools in the book, things like words, perspective, presentation, which is body language, tone of voice, and facial expression. I would give these tools to my clients and they would use them in the courtroom to advocate to the jury and we would win. But one of the things I kept hearing from my clients is after having worked with me, they were getting better patient satisfaction scores. They were feeling a little bit less burned out. And so I recognized that these advocacy skills in the courtroom were carrying on into their practice and that anyone could use these skills to speak to their juries of clients, customers, patients, students, and be able to ask for what they want and get it much more effectively. How have you seen Advocate to Win impacting readers' lives? Can you provide any stories or examples? Oh, gosh, there's a ton of stories. I mean, I coach a lot of people one on one, and those stories are actually in the book. A lot of stories of people who have asked for raises with some of the tools. And I'll give you one example. One of the tools in the book is questions, asking good questions. And um, I had I coached a woman who was sort of confused and really seeing things only from her perspective and not the perspective of her manager that she wanted to ask 
a raise of. And so helping her to see things from her manager's perspective and then ask her manager questions like, what can I do to get boosted up to this level? What am I missing? What can I add? How can I better serve the team? And asking those questions in an effective way got her that raise much more quickly than she was otherwise scheduled to get. Um, I also, one of the stories that I love to tell is a woman who um, had participated in one of my group coaching. And this is sort of a random thing, but it just shows the value of your inner jury. She was petrified, had a, had a real phobia of driving on tunnels and bridges and had not done so in many years, which meant that she could not visit her family um, who lived a couple states away. It meant that she could not do all the things that she wanted to do. And one of the things I talk about, one of the tools is perspective and how can you see this differently? And she found that she could see tunnels and bridges differently. So she chose to see them as roller coasters, which is something that she loved to do. She loved to go on roller coasters. And so she told herself a different story about tunnels and bridges. And her inner jury, after time, it didn't happen immediately, chose that different story. And with that choice, she was now able to drive on tunnels and bridges. And even more interesting, not only did she visit her family, but she ended up getting a side hustle as an Uber driver, because now she was able to drive on tunnels and bridges. And so I think that that's a great example of how the inner jury is constantly choosing and how you can help him or her make choices that serve your life. Are these the type of topics that you cover on your podcast? I've, I've seen a great list of guests on there. What do you dig into there um, that our listeners could also benefit from? So I do what I try to do, and it doesn't always work out perfectly, but I try to alternate weeks. So one week I have a guest, the next week it's a solo episode. The solo episodes are pretty much guaranteed to be some of the tools of an advocate. The guests are often authors whose books I have loved. So BJ Fogg is the author of a book called Tiny Habits, and it is a phenomenal book about ways to create new habits in your life. I had him as a guest. Most recently, and I think very helpful for your listeners, I had Ethan Cross, who's the author of a book called Chatter, which is about the negative voice in your head and how it sort of gets into a loop and how you can stop that loop. And it was a phenomenal conversation. Um, I've had Judge Rosemary Aquilina, who was the judge in the Larry Nasser case, just various people who I love to talk about, you know, how to advocate things like the inner jury. Um, one of the questions I ask every guest is what their definition of elegance is, because the root of the word elegant is to choose. And so just like the word elect. And so I believe you choose your elegance and we get a little bit into what is elegance and how can we choose it when things get tough. What are some steps that our listeners can take that are hearing your message, feeling empowered and ready to approach their interviews and careers and lives with uh, a new boldness? What are some practical steps that we can take to get started in self-advocacy? Well, first of all, Ladies and gentlemen, I would point you to Matthew's episode on phone interviews because it's so good at talking about some of the tools of an advocate. You know, your tone of voice is such an untapped resource for you. There are studies out of Yale that tell us that you can tell more about a person's emotion from their tone of voice than from their facial expressions and their body language combined. And in that episode, Matthew, you talked about, you know, being in your car, being present, not being distracted, not having it on speakerphone. I mean, all of these fabulous tips that help you to advocate effectively on that phone interview. So I think my tip would be focusing on tone of voice, focusing on, you know, sometimes I even recommend that people stand up 
Because standing, you know, there's a reason that singers stand and don't sit most of the Mm. time. It opens up your lungs. It opens up your posture. It makes you feel a little bit more alive. And all of that comes across in your tone of voice. You mentioned in that episode the, the, the help it can be to smile. And it's true. You can hear a smile in someone's voice. So all of those things are important. But I like to focus on reception first. When you're interviewing for a job or you're getting ready to advocate for your career, Listen to the tone of voice of the person who's asking you. You might hear a little bit of frustration or confusion or joy or laughter in their voice, and you can take advantage of what you hear. If you're in person, pay attention to their facial expressions and their body language to the limited extent that you can. Body language is a lot of context. Um, So all of those are helpful. And then the other one, I mean, there's so many. You talk about questions a lot. That's another tool. But I think perspective is especially important. You want to see things from the interviewer's perspective, from the hiring manager's perspective, from your potential colleague's perspective. How do they see you? How do they see the job that they need filled? How do they see what you bring to the table? And how can you change that if you want to? And you can't change someone's perspective until you understand it. So really working to do that is going to be worth the time. Self-advocacy is so important, and I feel like I barely scratch the surface on the job interview experience. One thing I do share and I, I try and share often is you are doing the company a favor by applying. You have a skill that they need, and if you don't apply, they don't have access to that. Um, but Advocate to Win goes so much deeper, and it's something that we need to talk about more. So I would highly recommend our listeners go check out Advocate to Win. I will post a link to that in this show's description, and I will also post to the podcast as well, if that's okay, post a link to that. Heather, how else should people find you and look you up? Yeah, I think my my website is www.advocatetowin.com. You can reach out to me directly, heather at advocatetowin.com. I would love to engage with you. And then I'm very active on Instagram. There I'm at, I'm Heather Hansen with an E-N. Heather, thank you for sharing with us and joining the job interview experience. I hope you'll join us again sometime soon and share a little bit more of your expertise. I think we could go on for hours. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much, Matthew, for having me and for all you do in this podcast. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, 
the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.